What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Christina Aguilera, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Hi. I'm staring at your nails. Oh, yes. What's happening? They're so fun. You know, they're, um, you know, it's open to interpretation. Is they're that a vagina? Of, it could be a vagina. It could be lips. But two in the same, both pleasure points, you Holy know. Shit. And then on the, um, and then there's an actual mouth on the, um, you know, and tongue on the I mean, this couldn't be more appropriate for a Call Her Daddy episode. <laughs> Casual Christina Aguilera is like, it could be lips. It could be my pussy lips. Yes, God bless yes. you all up for interpretation. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. I need to gas you up for a second. Okay. Oh. Because just in case anyone fucking forgot, you are a seven time Grammy award winning singer songwriter. You have sold more than 75 million records worldwide. No big fucking deal. You're an international pop icon, voice of a generation, fiance, mother, chief brand advisor and co-founder of Playground. And this is your first ever podcast and you chose Caller Daddy and I am so fucking it honored. Is, I'm so honored. Dude, I can't believe when I heard you'd never done a podcast, I was like, sit down, baby girl. Let's go. I said yes to you because I've seen you pop up Mm -hmm. um, on social media, which didn't exist when I was coming up in this business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been doing this since I was like six or seven, basically. So, um, but you feel safe. And I always, I appreciate that, you know, because I've been through the gamut of a lot of interviews and people that, you know, I grew up at a time where it was like appropriate to be inappropriate and ask you know, crazy things. But I always feel it's never like the most intelligent way to go because when you make someone feel safe, they want to open up more. And you always do. And you're so pretty, by the way. Oh my God. Right back at you. No, I really appreciate that because I agree. I think that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today is just like your journey has been so public and you've (laughs) been in front of people for so many years that it's like, I almost feel like people feel like they deserve a piece of you. Like you're a piece of the public. And I think it's important to sit down and like humanize people in those situations because it's like you're a human being. You have feelings. You've gone through shit. Yes. You're also like the queen of reinvention. You have had so many fucking eras. It's like iconic, iconic, iconic. Aside from like the present moment, what is your most favorite era of your own? I mean, it's got to be probably stripped and Mm -hmm. dirty and Mm -hmm. beautiful and fighter. Can't hold us down. You know, it was the time when I was turning, you know, I was 20, 21. I'd already gotten my foot in the door and my first album was successful, but it was still very like play played by the rules and, you know, very given a, you know, set by, you know, label, very, very label driven. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so after that, I, you know, was like, you know, I have to do songs that mean something to me mm-hmm. and are valid to who I am and, and being fearless and talking about anything. And that includes sexuality. Um, I felt that there was like a lot of shame and fear around the subject. And and especially, you know, as a woman, we're raised with a lot of stigma. There's a lot of, you know, it's so layered. And it's tough to be a woman. So I wanted to really uh, be, be who I was mm-hmm. and make it a safe space for, you know, everyone to feel good and make it a conversation. That era of yours for <laughs> women in general, but it's also so funny. We can look back on it, but I know there was 
pushback during that era which we'll talk about because it's so (laughs) funny like now it's like oh go off Christina but it's also like crazy to then read the tabloids back then oh a hundred percent well first how does it feel like the amount of people that still recreate your outfits whether it was red carpet (laughs) music videos like it's insane every fucking Halloween it's like Christina everywhere how does that feel that that's still so powerful in people's minds it's incredible I love it so much just because you know it now it's celebrated and it feels good and even the people that you know got it then but there was a lot of pushback there was a lot of you know um double standards with it mm-hmm. and there was a lot of you know because I went on tour with you know Justin we did the strip justified tour and there were things where I was just like why is it okay for him and not okay for me you know what I mean yes. so it was just like I was constantly pushing back and and my way I mean it was so inappropriate sometimes the things that were were asked about that era it's so crazy to me and I again I agree with you like that comparison <laughs> of like a man doing the same thing which we'll get yeah, into because it's yeah. like I'm doing the same thing and yet I'm being called a slut and like he's like the boy next door <laughs> This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Let's go back to the first time that you stepped on a stage. You were nine years old competing on the show Star Search. Whose idea was it for you to do a show like that? I was at that time raised by my mom and my grandma. So strong women. Um, And my grandma specifically uh, really was so proud and, you know, really uh, pushed it to be like taken seriously as something to be professional because singing always just came to me as like this this release. I grew up in um, a chaotic you know, um, upbringing as a very young child and always kind of like feeling um, like a protector and all that and always felt isolated sort of in my in my situation. Mm -hmm. And so singing, it was a sound of music that first inspired me to sing. And from then I just, you know, it was like just a release and a form of expression for me before I even understood what that meant. And then whenever my parents got divorced, we moved in with my grandma. My grandma was like, you know, this could this could be something. And <laughs> it's so crazy that you're like, I just saw it as like a release where I was using like and meanwhile we're like we see you as one of the most 
truly talented singers of period point blank like hit notes that no one can but you kind of mentioned your childhood and again I think something in media is like we see this version of you that's so put together and it's like oh it's Christina Aguilera she has money she has fame you mentioned that you kind of grew up in an abusive household but Mm -hmm. do you remember like the first moment you realized like this is unsafe or something was wrong fear you know you have to listen to your body and um you know fear is is something that uh you know you innately feel you know uh so right then and there you know something doesn't feel good and it's not right um and then you know having so much compassion for my mother and seeing you know when you see someone um being hurt someone you love yeah that uh you know I still you know at 42 I'm still affected by this it's it's under the surface trauma never leaves you you just figure out ways to try and heal Mm -hmm. it and and to me there it's therapeutic to speak about it Mm -hmm. and I saw my mom you know go through so much that I think that instilled a level of purpose for me in the sense of I I always want to try and empower uh, other people and people in situations where they feel voiceless and unheard and I just have such a deep-rooted need to try and you know use my voice and I would later discover and, and understand what that meant to me but it never leaves you and and you're triggered when you see movies when I when I you know I just immediately you go to that place <sighs> you know and I've done a lot of healing and a lot of growth mm-hmm. um and releasing you know a lot of anger comes with that a lot of shame comes with that mm-hmm. um but you know it it takes a lot for a woman to leave those situations as well and my heart goes out because some of them don't leave them and you know and that could vary in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's financial sometimes it's fear of authorities not helping and then it getting worse or you know sometimes there you know sometimes it feels like there's no way out but you you know my mom luckily you know she really we would do these drives from at the time it was the last straw from Jersey to my grandma's in Pittsburgh and we would just do these nightly just me her and my little sister and we would just like do the night drive but you know all of that it stays with you but it's become a part of what's important to me is my message when you say you would do these drives was it while your mom <laughs> had talked it? about that before yeah You're good girl yeah fuck <laughs> five minutes well, in. no but I'm like holy fuck like was that when you were still your mom hadn't left your dad yet but you were like or had they left there was some back and forth mm. there's some back there's you know there's there was some back and forth. There's always the tug of like, I'm never going to do it again. You know, there's there's sweet talking involved. There's a lot of shame also in like, well, why don't you just leave? It is so much more complicated than that. And it's a mental breakdown of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And you start to believe someone else's narrative and verbal abuse to you. And it, it self-esteem is something that can break down so easily, even to the most powerful woman executive um it doesn't matter what you do this you know we can go on stage and have these larger than life personas but all it takes is for you to believe someone's negative narrative about you once it's in there and it's working its way in that's why i'm like so adamant with my daughter i'm just like first time somebody ever hits you the first time somebody makes you feel not right about yourself 
Woo, girl, I'm so protective, Mama Bear. <laughs> and as, but as you should be, because like you said, like you have that trauma in you that like you. you're like, I watch a fucking movie and I can feel it. Yeah. And I love what you said about the concept of when someone says, why don't you just leave? When people say that, it's such an ignorant statement that like pisses me off. I had a loved one that was in an abusive relationship yeah. and you're like, it's so much more fucking complex. Oh, yeah. But to leave do you remember the moment that was like your mom was like we're out yes officially when the abuse started to really turn on to me you know we were living in japan for like three years so we Mm -hmm. were super isolated which is where i started singing and looking back that's where i started to kind of i would like sing out of this window i have like a thing about like windows and like they just when you're feeling just you know Mm -hmm. trapped I don't know, there's something about the representation of a window and just like there's hope on the other side, you know? And so that's where I started, you know, singing these songs from like the sound of music and just to myself. And just that image, I'll always remember. It's like a core memory of just like, there's like something on the other side. There's like a bigger world. There's a bigger purpose. I felt it as at a, as a, at a really young age. But yes, it was like a, a matter of things. And like you're in a foreign country where my dad was in the army. So we're on an army base. I mean... In a situation like that, too, abuse runs rampant. You know, the walls are paper thin, you know, where we're living. And um, and uh, you can hear abuse just happening on the other side of the wall. You can hear, I mean, you know, it's terrifying. And it's like all you want to do is help. But a lot of times, even when you call the authorities, you don't get the help that you, you need. And then the door shuts and you're with your abuser again. So it's so important to try and research all you can speak to people that you can trust and really you know uh try and get yourself out of these situations because you know worst case scenario you won't you know live to tell the story about it was it hard for your mother to as a single mother take care of you and your sister like then you started making money were you kind of providing for your family yes (laughs) yes sweetheart yes (laughs) Uh, still am but you know what in that in this role too it comes with responsibility Mm -hmm. and responsibility that you know I know is is destined for me and I take on and I take it on you know well when you're in those situations you grow up really fast and you become like an immediate caretaker and protector of the person Mm -hmm. that's being hurt and so yeah this is just like kind of like my role yeah 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 (laughs) all my dogs are rescues like you know I'm just that person your mother your mother mother. (laughs) I think back and I'm like 12 years old you join the Mickey Mouse Club Brittany Justin and I'm thinking about like how wild that time must have been for your life what do you remember like learning at 12 about the industry at that time. It's a work ethic. You know, it teaches you work ethic. You're given mm-hmm. a schedule, you know, where where you are in a call sheet, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's very um, disciplined and you either built for that or you're not, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a it's something that you realize very quickly if if um, you know, you're cut out for that kind of lifestyle. It's hectic, it's chaotic, it's go go go, it's on the run and that only builds, you know, the more you create and I have to say, and my mom would always say this too, you know, she wasn't like your typical, like I would be around these kids who were just like really forced to do this, you know, and my heart would break for them. And my mom would be like, what is wrong with her? Like, you know, because you see these mothers and the kid doesn't even want to do it. But it was just, this is what I was born to do. So it was something that we really knew. And and um, I pushed 
you know, for the performances to happen again, like, but just in the most, I think, organic way to start just like because I loved it. Yeah. And for the first time, I was around a bunch of other kids who really loved it, too. Like, it was just, you know, born performers. Right. And it was really cool to feel that energy because, you know, coming up in school in the town that I grew up, it wasn't really like, you know, it's a sports town, you know, and that kind of thing was very celebrated but like arts and creativity and whatnot you have that in Pittsburgh but yeah I just didn't have a lot of kids that truly um love doing that and those kids were just how talented everyone Mm -hmm. was Ryan Gosling like you know Carrie Russell there was just so many people that it was just like wow what a what a casting agent you know to get everybody together I do relate to like feeling a little bit like you're out of place where you grew up and it only exacerbates the feeling of like wanting to get out and wanting to find like-minded people but it's so interesting also hearing you talk because it's like it feels like you were almost made to have to grow up very quickly in in many ways where like your ambition immediately led you to working at a young age your family situation you had to grow up quickly is there anything that you wish that you could have done more as like a child and in your in your younger life that you didn't really get to have a normal childhood that's a good question um in really thinking about it probably no <laughs> like I um, love my life <laughs> so, no sometimes I would you know because uh, I was was working a lot um but it's I I wanted to go mm-hmm. you know I wanted to you know um you know I wanted to I wanted to work mm-hmm. you know I've always operated on like fight or flight yeah. you know in many different ways and um <clears throat> the more successful you are of course more is gonna come with that that's very demanding and very scrutinizing do you think though there's the part of you that was really ambitious yes and then naturally like we are who we are from like our childhood and nature versus nurture like when you say like you were always running wanting to go do you have you connected that at all to also like your childhood it could have been Mm -hmm. i haven't really dissected that that part but um i always dreamt really big you Mm -hmm. know i always dreamt really big and uh and uh yeah it 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 could be Mm -hmm. looking for some sort of maybe escapism Mm -hmm. i mean i think half the people that are in this business where we need uh you know it's it sucks because we're the most sensitive people on the planet yet we're looking for like you know but we have this like you know alter ego that we have to turn on to get the work done and to and to you know follow a schedule but also that makes us so vulnerable and in needing some kind of weird validation Mm -hmm. (laughs) totally totally your breakout solo genie in a bottle I was going to say top the charts. That's like a fucking understatement. It took over the world. What do you remember about the day that that song was released? I was still in New I was living. I was on my own pretty early too, trying mm-hmm. to get a record deal. Um, and so I was like, you know, house hopping from like odd places from my manager's house at the time to another manager. Like it was very odd and weird. And I would... Again, Mama Bear, like, never with my daughter. Like, I would be so 
so like protective and overseeing all that, which is a whole other story. Mm -hmm. But in New York, yeah, was where I started hearing it um, on the radio for the first time. So the album wasn't completely done and out. And I would just Mm -hmm. remember hearing that. And I was just like, oh, my God. And it took me back to like driving around the car in Pittsburgh and only hoping that I would like hear my song one day on the radio and just dreaming about it again big dreamer Sagittarius mm-hmm. very like you know <laughs> sky's the limit I'm we're gonna fuck do this so it was the most amazing feeling in the world yeah and I think again it's almost like dissecting like what everyone was watching in the world was like Jeannie in a bottle, Christina Aguilera, like this hot, amazing, talented young woman. Then you're saying like, oh, I'm like living with managers. I'm like kind of in sketchy situations where the world (laughs) probably wouldn't even fucking fathom that Christina Aguilera wasn't like set up and all good. But what were you emotionally going through at that time? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. (laughs) What was I emotionally going through at that time? I mean... Looking back, I probably I didn't have much time to even think about anything. I was given the schedule. I was told what to do, mm-hmm. you know, told what to do. Um, my true opinion didn't really matter from everything, you know, like I remember like, you know, being told what to wear, what the image was going to be and, you know, not feeling super comfortable. That's also the product of a kid being raised in the business too, mm-hmm. you know, growing up and like you're constantly being told by adults and and mainly men you know how and what to be and you're hearing conversations too of what they their ideal you know Mm. woman should be and look like and so at a young impressionable age like I just remember it was just so you take certain things on and then you have to like reprogram to think for yourself and and what makes sense for you so um it's a lot you know to take on so your dreams are coming true but you're not quite getting to be the person that you want to be and and telling the stories you want to tell it's like so helpful. I didn't live through all that for nothing. <laughs> no, no <laughs> and like, but straight up, I will be real with you. It's I really think it's so helpful to hear you talk about this because I remember myself sitting at home with my older sister watching these videos and to know that like this first era, not to take anything away from it, but like that wasn't fully you. Like that was like a lot of men in a room constructing, like let's have her hair look like this and let's like have her wear this, which I get is part of the industry. But also then my like heart goes out for baby Christina because I'm like (laughs) that age for a young woman to already be dealing with like insecurities and figuring yourself out and then to have men be like we need this 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 you were like exposed to such a different level of criticism and Mm -hmm. someone being so fixated on your looks like Mm -hmm. how did that affect your self-worth I mean it's a lot I mean you could only imagine it's it's difficult enough growing Mm -hmm. up and trying to figure it out away from the camera Mm -hmm. but being you know, in front of it mm-hmm. and, you know, scrutinized mm-hmm. um, and picked apart and judged and and everybody's got a different opinion. That's the one thing I learned mm-hmm. really early on is like, whoa, no matter what I do, like somebody's going to be anti it mm-hmm. and somebody's not going to be happy with it. And I was like, and I'd always diaried and journaled and like I always had this 
thank God this core sense of myself and what I wanted my purposes and my messages to do and to, and to help. And that's what I feel like kept me writing that core line of like bringing me back to real purpose and, mm-hmm. and, and to be authentic with what I did. Then you decided, fuck this. Yeah. I am going to add my twist and add actually Christina into the mix of who I am and what I want to be. And you came out with the dirty music video, which <laughs> is so fucking iconic. I was watching it this morning just being like, I every time, every time I just get excited to watch it. But at the time... The press pinned you as this bad girl. They were slut shaming you. There were yeah. literally celebrities coming out being like, God damn, like she like looks like a whore. She looks like a yeah, slut, which is 100%. so fucking crazy because as I was watching it, rewatching it this morning, I was like, it's such a major celebration of the female body and sexuality. How do you remember breaking away from what everyone wanted you to do and making this happen slash then how did those comments affect you once you released it? Yeah. So many things Ooh. popping through my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, like 10 answers mm-hmm. in there that I could think of. But yes, um, I was actually surprised because like I was so in my zone of just like expressing and creating this album um, and and just truly trying to make every facet of it speak of myself as as a woman and I didn't and I didn't want to fit a box of like I'm sweet and vulnerable and demure and I'm gonna you know do the programmed you know pop format but I'm not any particular one thing or one brand and that's Mm -hmm. what I did not like about the business is the fact that they immediately try to box you and label it so -hmm. that it's easier for them to understand but it was hard you know being a kid and being like oh my god I'm just trying to live my life I'm 21 I'm having fun like these were my college years you know this was my moment except everybody could see it (laughs) but I was having you know I'm an artist at the end of the day I you know how this is how I express myself you know um and I wasn't just coming with dirty you know then we came with beautiful and then we Mm -hmm. came with fighter which was a representation kind of of you know my past and and going against the grain of people that I felt really wronged me because that's another thing you you know people steal from you people that are so close to you I remember being so devastated about people that I that really disappointed me to my core that I was like I feel really alone you know like it was it really like and then you want to retreat and then you want to get defense mechanisms up and then you don't trust anyone like as if I didn't already have trust issues you know from my childhood I was about to say like layers on layers on layers but but in any case you know it's part of my journey it's it's what I was meant to go through and honestly I wouldn't have it any other way because had I not gone through all these things, I wouldn't sing the way I do. I wouldn't create the way I do. I wouldn't write the way I do. I was like a sponge. I just like took it all in. And when I was ready to just be like, no more, I don't care. And I remember being quoted saying, you know, I don't care this next record if I sell one record or one million. Like all the the cool like accolades and stuff that's amazing. I'm grateful. But at the end of the day, I have to like sit with myself and feel like I'm contributing a bigger thing to the world than just a pop song and a chart and an award. Like it's deeper than that to me. And that's what I always and that's what I set out to do with Stripped. And I was able to do it, thank God, you know, after getting my foot in the door. But I was going to then play by my own rules and represent the kind of woman that I wanted to be. 
I'm just like sitting here <laughs> a little not in shock but I will say like you truly never know what you're gonna get when someone walks in a door and I'm think picturing Christina Aguilera like grew up obsessing over you had posters like you're so fucking normal I don't know where I would be if like at this age I started working and at this age I'm living with creepy managers and then this age people are stealing from you and like to see like you sitting here and having such like a grasp on what happened to you but every statement you constantly are like but I'm grateful and like I have perspective and like it's really cool to see how you've kind of taken ownership of what you can Mm -hmm. don't give any of those bastards like any fucking out though I look back at articles and I feel like there were so many comments on your you're like oh the the articles articles. you're like sweetie which ones take a sip (laughs) like is there alcohol in here no were you happy being known as the tiny girl with the big voice like how did you feel about your body as a young woman that the world is commenting on your body (laughs) It was crazy growing up and then, yeah, hearing people talk about, I mean, everything, everything. It's, it's you know, having opinions on everything, your looks, your your voice, your, your style, your, it's everything. Back then, you also exuded this, like, confidence sexually, like, on stage and, and in your, your music. And for the world, we were all like, oh, my God, like, I want to be like her. Like, she's so <laughs> sexy and beautiful and smart and talented. How did you feel about your sexuality back then? I wanted to always own it, you know? It was important to me. I didn't, I think also, you know, the older I got and the more, and by that time, you know, for most people that would maybe be in your, like, 30s to have that mindset of like I'm gonna do things my way. And You know, I mean, I'd grown up with so many opinions that I was just like, I'm not gonna play by your rules. I'm not gonna see myself as Mm -hmm. you see me. Um, I'm gonna own my sexuality for myself. Sexuality is a beautiful, thing and we need to take care of it as women Mm -hmm. we need to really make sure that we prioritize it and ourselves and what it means to us because every woman is different and I never wanted to also insert the fact that I was so comfortable with my sexuality and like yeah like we're gonna dance it we're gonna do you know what I mean like all this stuff I never wanted to also you know even though it did anyway make some women like you know (laughs) uh uncomfortable with what I was doing but I never wanted to make it like you know you have to be this way too Mm -hmm. like everyone has their different comfort zone with it and and just because I want to express myself this way like let again let people live totally like let everybody own it the way they need to own it let's talk about it you know and and back then you know that's what's cool about what you do what you do uh is is we're able to have these open conversations now now I see women more than ever talking to each other and it's like okay and and so accessible with our phones and like social media that's the positive Mm -hmm. of it and 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 everything is is that we get to like have more accessibility to each other totally and be like does this happen to you too right like are we on the same page girl like totally yeah but I didn't have that back then so yes it was it was very hard and very terrifying and I took so much personal I Mm -hmm. really did and then you have people in this situation this is why you're my first podcast Mm -hmm. because you have you know you're so used to creating these like certain walls and defense mechanisms because you're just like people are baiting you and then you're like wait I didn't say that and I didn't say it like that right you know how it is no dude you're so right because I feel like (laughs) your era of coming up it was like extra hard yeah paparazzi tabloids I'm like holy shit like 
people so fixated on every single move. What was dating like for you? Wow. <laughs> um, what was your dating life like as you were like coming up in your career, like late teens? <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't really have time mm-hmm. for that, but I did. Um, I always went for things that I would feel safe about. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we'd have our, you know, you'd travel and you'd meet certain people. But I was, it's so funny that I gave this persona because I probably was like the last person to lose my virginity. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I just, I don't know. It was something that was for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, I guess, why my messages went the way they did too, is because I owned it first maybe mm-hmm. um but it doesn't matter how it goes down as long as you find your way and your path with being comfortable with yourself but um we always get like off topic but when what, did you lose your virginity bring me back girl. tell us it was later than you would think okay you know given the girl that was doing dirty and all this you know but yeah it's just it's more of a funny thing looking back where it's just like people thought probably like you were popping off <laughs> But yeah, it was, I had, you know, I had certain dancers that were like close quarter because you have to like, you know, you're traveling a lot and you, there's, you're, you have accessibility to only so many things. So, you know, it is what it is. And then, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I, a lot of things that I'm just like, yeah, maybe I should have realized he wasn't looking at me. He wasn't interested in me. You know, like he was looking at him. Like, no! I love you, little PR trained. You're like, and maybe a dancer that was more into men, and I should have seen the. So okay, so you like you had an interesting experience. Despite being such an icon, I was looking. I'm like, you don't have too crazy of like a celebrity roster attached to your name. And my question is, Miss Aguilera, was that actually because that was intentional or were you just really good at keeping things hidden and a little secret that we didn't know about? Yeah, I definitely, I've had my experiences, but I also like, oh, I mean, my life is hectic enough and like this is a very narcissistic industry and like my anxieties w- couldn't maybe take somebody that did the exact same thing I did and like mm-hmm. ran around and traveled. It's like, I know how this goes. Like I'm too like, I'm too, um, too vulnerable for this. I'm too sensitive to like mm-hmm. be so paranoid. So mm-hmm. like, you know, this business is very demanding. It's a lot. And, um, and, and, and yeah, I just, you know, I, I've definitely like not been into the celebrity thing. Right. No, that's really refreshing to hear. Cause it's like you, you see some people like trying to you, it's, it's, it's obvious on the internet, like, oh, this couple is appearing and it's like to stay relevant. And I can imagine how obnoxious like that word is of like being in the industry for so long. It's like, how does the stress of like managers and people being like, we need to stay relevant. We need to do this. Like, how does that affect you? It's just annoying more than anything else. I don't want to be corny and be like, it's, but it really is to me about intentions, you know? And if it, if it doesn't feel right to me, like I just can't do it. I can't, I have a really hard time forcing myself. It wasn't interesting to me. I don't know. That's so interesting too, because I I feel like like, the guys next door. Interesting. (laughs) Because you know what is so fascinating? It's like, did anyone ever try to be like, Hey, like 
look at these people doing couples like this will make your career even crazier yeah yeah I've you know I've had I just if it's not real to me and authentic I can't do it you know I can't force something as personal as that totally I know you mentioned trust issues is there any because I don't think a lot of us can fathom the amount of cameras and paparazzi back then like is there any paranoia that has lingered in you Oh yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, it's. It, I went through a bad period at a certain time where even like the clicking of the camera, paparazzi, like, like just was so like upsetting to me. I'd like have a panic attack. And I, I know I've heard other celebrities actually mm-hmm. say this too. And then you have really horrible stories that happen whenever you, again, starting to believe a narrative, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it's a very weird thing. Um, uh, that kind of attention and that that kind of um, that world. So yeah, that that is a part mm-hmm. of too why it's just like you know it's very anxiety writing mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let's talk a little bit about relationships, and then we're going to talk about sex first <laughs> with relationships. I'm curious because I am currently in therapy, and I I think it's so interesting of like. We're all trying to undo shit that our parents fucked us up with. It's just the fact. I don't care if you have perfect parents, then you're still fucked up. So it's like, are there any patterns in relationships, previous relationships that you you now kind of recognize that you had to stop and and try to break moving forward? Like like bad patterns. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's still a process sometimes to really – you have to check yourself too. I think there's accountability mm-hmm. in, you know, things that even though you're they're not your fault, you're still conditioned and programmed in a way of fear and paranoia and and also sometimes not given a good guideline can really mess you up, you mm-hmm. know, because then it's like is this normal or is this just like or or is this something I need to leave the relationship for like I'm so like into being like okay wait do I need to be taking this shit right now or can I walk or should I walk the fuck away like you know what I mean like what's normal what's like so it's a constant I you know I'm I believe in therapy too the right kind of therapy Mm -hmm. I know that you mentioned you have like a collection of diaries that you've kept for like 20 some years yeah What's a diary entry that makes you kind of sad for your younger self when you read it? I think just, yeah, how how hurt I was because I was so into this being like a, one day I'm going to I'm going to make it and I'm going to, you know, you know, see myself on MTV and like all this stuff like it was just it was such a dream and coming from such a good place to all of a sudden you're shook by all the shit that comes with the success and yeah I think it's like it's sad when I when I see how how some like press and articles and some interviews that were just so taken out of context or just mean like how hurt I was by Mm -hmm. that truly like affected and um and then yeah it just makes you internalize negative thoughts Mm -hmm. about yourself and feelings if you can share what was something specific you know back then there was a lot of like you know it was a it was a different business where there was a lot of you know female comparisons Mm -hmm. and double standards with women and it was a constant like 
pitting against each other and like it just felt like just punches in the face and it was just you know yeah it's fucking hard it was it was hard to just constantly feel like you know you're making music and doing something you love and then you know someone spinning something so negative about it and it was just it was really hard because sometimes who you were pitted again you actually genuinely you know loved mm -hmm. and and like respected so it was just like you know but again then you have people like baiting you and 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 do you know what she said about you? Well, mm. you know what I mean? And then you're like, wait, what? You know, so it, it's just like, and you're too much of a kid to understand like what's happening. I hated that shit, you know? Like that's why also like now I'm just so excited to see, you know, more, you know, exposed women supporting mm -hmm. women because now you're cutting through the middleman a lot more, mm -hmm. which is really, really nice. Yeah, I think it, it, clearly worked for the tabloids to have characters and ideas mm -hmm. yeah. of if we put this person against this person this is going to be this is going to sell through because these yeah. are two huge names or three huge names or this cut like yeah. it's so insane and you're but then it's like well, I'm an individual why can't I just be Christina Aguilera this incredible singer and leave it at that and then let everyone also have their own careers because there's so many other people thriving I and it, that must have been very um, I remember there was yeah a headline that was like um comparing me with another artist and it was like it's like Roe versus Wade pick a side you know and I was like oh my god you're so dramatic like you're like it's not I was that serious too young to even really understand what that meant so I was like you, you could the just understand the level of like how young I was being thrust into this world that was like wait what are you saying what are you saying dude the pettiness <laughs> to compare yeah. People to Roe v. Wade, <laughs> yeah. like let's tone it down a notch. TMZ oh, or whoever the fuck, you know I what I mean? No, I know. Holy it was like a fuck. newspaper. It wasn't even like um, yeah. It was too much. It was too much. <laughs> okay, I love to ask people this because it does give insight. What is your biggest insecurity? Mm, girl, <laughs> girl. Um, <laughs> what is my biggest insecurity? Oh my god, I would I really wasn't prepared for that question. I don't know. I could think of I mean every I don't know, every day it's something different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a part of you. Like, um oh, what is my biggest insecurity? Um biggest insecurity. Um I think we all have this where we just don't feel good enough. I don't know. In every in every sense, you know, mm -hmm. I think we can all pick different parts of ourselves and pick our, ourselves apart for forever. But I really it's it's a it's something you have to train yourself against. When you say you're not good enough. <laughs> okay. Take a sip. <laughs> She's coming back. No, but when you say you're not good enough, everything like you know I mean I think this business operates like a business you know and it's a whole self-worth mm -hmm. thing and then image yeah I've been through the gamut of you know people growing up in this business they're gonna see you as a teenager a kid they're gonna see you as a young woman coming into your body and expressing yourself they're gonna see you as a grown woman they're gonna see you be pregnant they're gonna see you um uh, go through the gamut of, of, of different places and stages of your life where you're different kind of weights 
And, you know, we all go through these things as, as women in general, but yeah, it's, it's so hard to just be inundated with different opinions and, and everybody has different standards for what, what they want. But again, women like embracing this now more than ever. So yeah, not being good enough, I think is the perfect answer that makes sense of just a culmination of this whole interview is like Mm -hmm. you wanting to be yourself and being in an industry where it's like picking apart every fucking thing you do whether it's the people you're working with or the media Mm -hmm. and it's like it's never good enough it's never good enough it's almost like it's never right never Mm -mm. because everyone has a definition of what good enough means Mm -hmm. and then the same people are that are rating good enough don't feel good about themselves and Mm -hmm. so like where is this all like stemming so it's cyclical and you have to really I isolate your perspective because even whenever you know someone's comparing you to someone else you're like well wait should I be compared like you start just second guessing yourself mm-hmm. and so yeah it's 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 tough out there it's tough <laughs> out there and how we get through that is by having sex no, that transition <laughs> I'm like no let's talk about sex yeah What is your favorite part about sex? Getting off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, but I, it's not that cut and dry. Mm-hmm. My favorite part, it, it, I, I love intimacy. Some, it, it depends. Every person is different. And that's what I love about sexuality. Mm-hmm. I love getting into it and finding out how everyone operates, mm-hmm. you know, how much of a freak are you? How much of a, <laughs> you know, submissive are you? Like, what is your... What is your playground? How much of a freak are you, Christina? How much of a freak are you? (laughs) I would would say, I actually, this is a question because I will answer that. I will say I remember my sex in college. I had lost my virginity in high school and I was like, I don't even know what I was supposed to just feel from that. Like, what the fuck just (laughs) happened? Like, um, was that supposed to feel good? Yeah. And then when I got to college, I felt like, Oh, I'm like having good sex. No, I fucking wasn't. No, I fucking wasn't. I I thought because I was comparing it to high school sex, which was like literally sandpaper and it was like awful feeling. (laughs) So I'm like, then I think as I started to explore my sexuality more like junior, senior year of college, I started to be more confident. And kind of being like, fuck the guy. Like, I'm going to get myself off. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got a vibrator and I started to use lube. And it's, it's like <laughs> when you can get yourself off first and you're like, yes. oh, that is what I want to feel every time I'm fucking a guy, a girl, that whoever it is. Yes. So I would say as I've explored more in the bedroom, yes. I've just naturally become more of a freak because I'm like, I want to feel this. I want to feel this with my partner. I want yes. us to like explore new things together if that makes sense so it's been like a gradual progression but I would say like I wasn't like fucking like great in college and I thought I was like a freak but nobody you know nobody is Mm -hmm. nobody knows what they're doing at first Mm -hmm. that's why it should feel like exploration Mm -hmm. and it's okay but you're so insecure Mm -hmm. at that age and you you see these movies Mm -hmm. and all that you just want to have it all figured out right off the bat or or you're too you know young to speak Mm -hmm. up for yourself and 
you know, it kills me too whenever you're grown and you feel too insecure to speak up for yourself. Mm -hmm. When you're not in a relationship that feels safe enough for you to have these conversations or even to compare notes with other women, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's so shameful. But um, but sex is fun Mm -hmm. and knowing your body is so important, you know, and you're only going to know your body when you spend time with yourself first so that you even know so that you even know what to ask yeah. for from your partner or what you like. Do you incorporate toys into the bedroom? I do. I mean, like, you know, as you mentioned, the vibrator was a game changer whenever I was, you know, first exploring myself and, you know, first sex store I ever went into. And, you know, I was just like, oh, my God. I literally remember even having, like, this little, like, pocket-sized one I could, like, pack in my bag on an airplane, like... I was horny, like, you know what I mean? Like, Are you getting okay. off on an airplane? I know, she's getting excited just talking about it. But Christina's that's like, how it should be. Yes, of course. Are you kidding me? Like, sometimes sometimes it's an anxiety thing, too. Like, a lot of girls, like, when I'm nervous, like, I would feel it very early on, like, when I was, like, in school. Like, even as a girl, if, like, I felt nervous about something, I would be like, oh, oh. <laughs> You're like, oh, when did you start masturbating? <laughs> when was the first time you masturbated? Oh my god, when was? Oh, well, I think we all kind of like start mm-hmm. as little girls like mm-hmm. when you rub up against things and it feels good and you know, like, you know, I think that's also whenever it's just like you have to be like it's okay, like that's for, you know, have your private time yes. so you're not doing it in front of like company and yes. like you just you have to learn these things and sometimes we don't have good teachers and that make us feel safe. So that came early on yeah so it was like you know some people i think have more sensitive areas Mm -hmm. and i just i've always been engaged i love it understanding there's things happening down there christina is masturbating on planes she's getting (laughs) off she's having the best time of her life what is your best skill in the bedroom Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do I begin? <laughs> I mean, hands down, it's, I mean, it's got to be blowjobs. I mean, I'm a, I love a blowjob, you know? I mean, I, and I, you know, I, I know, I, I enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. I had a lot of, um, also like male friends who I was always like, and what do you do here? Like, I was literally, I grew up around them. So it's like, I know every different part and the sensitive areas and I I like I literally I do enjoy it. I hear some women don't like it but I don't know man it's 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 a turn on you know it is because and I love that you're saying that too because like we're like we can enjoy ourselves get mm-hmm. off there's nothing better than if a guy actually knows how to eat you out but there's something so hot about pleasuring your partner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that gets me off I don't want like him to not be enjoying it because I know I'm going to be enjoying myself mm-hmm. Do you have any little tips? Is there any? You're like, I know the areas. Like, what areas, well, Christina? Well, again, sexuality is a very, you know, specific <laughs> thing. So, like, what one guy might like, another one doesn't. You know, like, there are some guys that don't like their balls being touched mm-hmm. or tampered with. There are some guys that like brutal things happening to them. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of different levels, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to, like, be with a partner where you can really just explore Mm -hmm. and there's still a lot more things that I have not explored yet that are on my to-do list and you know I think 
you know, it's it's hard when you also have kids. Mm-hmm, you're like, trying to keep it PG. You know, sometimes I, it's been like, oh, okay, and you're here. Okay, amazing. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of things, and but it's something you have to make time for. But yeah, I I love that, and I also like. I mean, I think there's there's something to be said after you put in the hard work. I think swallowing is really, you know, a good thing. And it's got a lot of protein, I have to say. <laughs> I'm a promoter of the swallow, okay? I, like, I didn't put in that hard work for nothing, you know? We, we went in there, I got tugged and pulled, and, like, you know, there's things happening, you know, maybe gagged, I don't know. But, you know, I mean... Hey, whatever your pleasure points are, but it's fun. it should be fun, you know, as long as you feel good and safe with your partner, whatever your your bag is. But <laughs> I fucking love you. I love you so much. That was fucking amazing. Okay, top three sex positions. Oh, mm-hmm. um, I think, um, oh, you're fun. I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, like you're actually safe to talk to. It's not mm-hmm. creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like a, a male journalist, like Christina. Yeah, I mean, top three. You're like, I mean, yeah. I like, like, I don't okay, have sex this anymore. Is definitely a new dawn, new day mm-hmm. to be like safe about it. It depends on the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I mean, I, I love a lot of positions sometimes it's nice like early in the morning like from your side Side. from behind and it's like there's like holding involved and like you know spooning involved I like I love to cuddle I love to feel like safe and protected but then it's like I get too hot and then I'm like okay leave me alone I just wanted to feel it for a second then I'm I'm good but (laughs) no the morning from the side is also so nice because it's like we're half doing it we're not but it's like kind of a nice wake up you can get your vibrator in there and then your ass starts Mm. being like oh oh Oh, and then you're pulling. Pl- I mean, I uh-huh. like it. Uh-huh. Just, the chairs might be on me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because then halfway through, you're like doing it from the so side, and then you like kind of flip on your stomach, and then it's from behind. The whole thing is nice. It's so good. I mean, you know, you don't know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. But um, there's that. Yeah, like some good like doggies sometimes, like in the shower. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I've been, you know, there's been some good times. You know, like there's like the studio soundboard been you know, been bent over there a couple times. It's it's fun, you know. Use your imagination, you know. Christina, um, I love that. The plane can be fun. We've definitely hid some things under the blankets when the seats are big enough to like, you know, we've been, hi- you know, I I can't believe we didn't get caught like so many times in so many situations. Like, thank I, the Lord, but. I have always thought about that, but I feel like I'm too much of like a pussy that I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull that off. Yeah. You are you talking like about a private plane though? No, I'm not actually. On international flights, you know, okay. when they turn mm-hmm. the light off, like the chairs mm-hmm. are like, I don't know where you're sitting, mm-hmm. but you know, there's always like, you know, room, room for like, be get creative. And you you know, blankets. It's like, it's like the position we just talked about, the little spoon. It's like, oh, I feel safe with my partner here. Like, we're just sleeping together. (laughs) The flight attendant's like, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. No, you got to wait till everyone's like going to sleep. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you got to, you know, setting the mood. Everyone's like, note to self. Try to find Christina Aguilera (laughs) on a flight at some point in life and sit next to her. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's iconic. Follow these instructions. I love how open you are just about all this because again I think something I've tried to do in my show and I love that you are doing is talking about this 
it should not be shameful. We should not be embarrassed. Like we're celebrating the fact that we've been repressed for so many fucking years to even enjoy ourselves, to even acknowledge like the lower half of our body and what's going on down there. And I think it's important for women like us to sit here and casually talk about something because I know how many women are at home being like, if Christina Aguilera can talk (laughs) and she's casually coming out being like, this is this, like it just is, it's an exciting new era I feel like for women and it's like we get to own our shit and be like fuck you if you want to call us a slut or whore or whatever we don't care because yeah. we're not we're just exactly. enjoying ourselves and doing what we should be doing which is celebrating our bodies and doing the same thing that men have done forever it's true it's really really true I think because of generations of like mm-hmm. not knowing how to talk about it being shamed for mm-hmm. it um it being like you know something that's very you know celebrated from a male's point of view mm-hmm. and objectified that we don't know where we stand with it but now more than ever I feel like this generation mm-hmm. is like having none of it and totally. we want to talk about it we want to engage we want to be educated about mm-hmm. it we want to know what's good for it and mm-hmm. and we should now's the time for that and and making sure you know that's why it's like music and lyrics you know I had a song called sex for breakfast on my you know one of my albums we've (laughs) we've never been shy about things but this is literally you know just the next progression Mm -hmm. for me and in passing something down to my daughter that she can enjoy and, and understand like this is nothing to be ashamed of this is healthy natural put good things on it you know vitamin vitamins for there vitamins for there okay talk to me about playground a little bit because why did you decide to be a part of this well I think the authenticity behind Mm -hmm. what it means to me being always uh in the forefront either defending you know or celebrating or opening conversations and doors for women to be able to feel safe enough to talk about their sexuality and what that means for them because Mm -hmm. again everybody is so different and there's no shame in the game I just want to really just um now at this point in my life Mm -hmm. being a mother who has a daughter who's developing her own relationship with her body and asking me you know when she sees you know that time of the month for me like what's a what's a tampon what does Mm -hmm. it do you know how am I going to approach these conversations and and in making her make sure that she uh feels she's taking care of herself so that she can also engage with a future healthy relationship that's mm-hmm. sex positive yeah um sex is very important i love the product playground it's all safe it's all natural and it just you know you know feels good you know we've explored with this um you know safe for you and um and it's so pretty it fits in like the palm of your- i love it because you can put it on your nightstand it's like you're Bedside best friend is what I like to call her. And um, and this is a product that's literally good for you mm-hmm. and good for your vagina. And like, why aren't we paying more attention to that for ourselves? And I love that you're saying like, why can't we just walk into stores and be like, I'm going to buy this for my vagina. I'm going to buy this for my armpits. Like it should <laughs> yeah. feel like a whole wellness check that yeah. I I don't think also women feel like lube specifically has had such a negative connotation because oh you're so dry and then a man Mm. is like oh are you not turned on and it's like no you idiot that has actually nothing to do with you (laughs) nothing like what a concept it has nothing to do with you yeah 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 so I feel like there's still this shame around like pulling out lube and all I can ever say is like if you aren't using lube you're not having the best sex you could be having point blank 
point blank <laughs> sex is 10 times better with lube that's a, a thousand fact. percent and it's like we wouldn't think of like doing things to our face like we moisturize there, mm-hmm. there's women that do we do 10 step beauty mm-hmm. routines and mm-hmm. things we wouldn't think of like going through a drugstore and not hitting that section not doing something moisturizing for our hair like this is the epicenter of mm-hmm. power like we need to be nurturing and taking care of and celebrating this very important part it literally yeah it's the star of the show so we literally need to be giving you know nurture tender love and care to it and also it should be explored mm-hmm. and what better to help do this than then you know sometimes it's a little get a little yeah, something something down feels there good yeah last question in Ooh, a tw- last last over already like, no girl. wait <laughs> in a 2018 billboard interview you told the journalist to write great things about you do you have any great things about yourself that you want to share with the world that you feel like maybe people don't know about you or misunderstand about you that you're like you know what listen to this yeah I grew up at a time again where there was like a lot of um negativity that was you know just always trying to be um you know poked you know and I'm I'm also you know you know I I have no time for like negativity and it's like I've I've been in the business long enough to know like you know I just want none of it anymore to be a part of like the headline and it's like something that you know as a grown woman you can have more control over but you know um uh I don't like getting poked under the table mm-hmm. because then the claws come out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in an elevated time in our in all of our lives where we are more open and talk, talking to each other. And I'm just, I want peaceful energy, peaceful vibes. Like, I don't need to be talking about things that happened, you know, decades ago. Mm-hmm. Like, let's grow up. Let's embrace. Like, now more than ever is the time for that. And so I think, um, yeah, just you know don't poke the bear anymore like don't poke don't poke don't poke me under the table because I'm still not going to be you know I'm still not going to be I'm not going to be baited anymore Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. a long time you know it happened for a long time too and this happened even you know after I had my babies it's like a lot of people because they're you know they need some attention too they're like I'll get poked under the Mm -hmm. table and Mm -hmm. be like it's one of those passive what do you call these people that are just passive aggressive they'll poke under the table when no one's looking then be like oh I don't know why she's so upset. I I don't know. She's crazy. You know what right. I mean? And you're like, just, just leave like, me alone. Manipulative, like because like yeah, don't poke me too much. Like let let's not get it twisted though. I'm sensitive and all that, but I'm a tough cookie. <laughs> At the end of the day, I truly don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like I just really don't. And I you know this is why. Like I just don't have time for the petty bullshit or you know just you know sometimes you know the celebrity status stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just. I want to live a, a real life and a, and a loving life, you know? Right. And I just, I want good things around. My energy space is so important to preserve that. And, and for my children, you know? <laughs> no, I appreciate you explaining that because it's also like, I get what you're saying. It's like, I'm trying to be over here living my life. Yeah. Stop trying to have me come back into the bullshit Don't that I was in shit. for decades, so long. Decades. 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 <laughs> Grown women shit. Now. Truly. Like, truly. involved examples Christina (laughs) I honestly cannot thank you enough for coming on I know you don't do this often and like getting to know you truly I 
respected you before but like naturally when you get to know someone the respect just grows and you're such a strong inspirational human being and I just I I, I'm so happy I got to sit with you thank you you so much thank you you. I love you too (laughs) 